time for the Susan Taylor Podcast, where we discuss the yoga of mind, medicine, and healing. Author of Feeling Good Matters, Sexual Radiance, and the Vital Energy Program, Dr. Taylor imparts authentic knowledge and practical tools that inspire, educate, and empower us to be a healing force for positive change. So join us and take your life and our planet to the next level. Hello and welcome to episode 75, Seven Tips for Staying Hydrated, an Alternative View. As I mentioned in our last podcast, cellular hydration matters for your mood. And I'd like to look on this podcast at the more subtle viewpoints, which allows us to get to the root of our mood issues. In today's episode, I'll discuss the element theory and hydration and how we become out of balance. And then I'll end with seven tips to absorb water effectively. As I mentioned in our last podcast, all chemical reactions in our life take place in an aqueous solution. And hydration is the key to all our biochemical and physiological happenings. But what happens when we lack the sufficient fluid to allow cellular mechanisms to happen? Well, that's probably some of the reasons behind our problems that we have with hydration in particular here. You know, we take supplements and we assume, as I mentioned, that we're going to be absorbed, that all of these supplements that we take with good intention, even our foods, are going to be utilized by the body. But we well know for some reason or another, it doesn't always happen that way because digestive function is the key. Digestion actually will help us absorb what we need. And when our GI tract, our gastrointestinal tract, is just out of balance, we're not going to absorb what we need. And water is one of the elements that we really have to think about when we're talking about absorption through the GI tract. First and foremost, the gut does need to absorb the nutrients, as I mentioned, for them to work for you. And we're not talking again about restoring the gut, but I'd like to just give you tips from a traditional Chinese medicine perspective, an alternative method of really looking at organ systems and how it relates to hydrating your cells. Again, we spoke about cellular hydration in the past, but, and I also highlighted the importance of it keeping the aging process possibly at bay a little bit, uh, to go a little bit slower, because we know as we age, we lose our water. And we also know that cellular hydration matters for our mood. And I mentioned again in the last episode, for those that didn't listen yet, there are different ways that you can increase it. And I'll just review them quickly. We need fiber in our gut. Fiber in our gut helps with hydration. That's why we emphasize vegetables in our diet. And I also mentioned, and people should know out there who are on the keto diet, you have to pay attention to Uh, minerals for that absorption to take place. We also spoke about EMF, electromagnetic fields like Wi-Fi cell phones and radio towers, our wireless electronics, really causing the gap junctions in our brain to get a little bit loose there, loosey-goosey here. And what happens is it affects our blood-brain barrier in in keeping things out that shouldn't be there. So I mentioned maybe we should turn off our routers at night and we have a habit of doing that in our home here. I also mentioned that water quality does matter. And 
you know, we don't want to take all the minerals out of our water, but we want to get water quality that really doesn't have leaching things from the plastics that it's stored in. And people are pretty well aware of that because I also water that contains fluoride. I know that people say, yes, it's really diminished our dental caries, but really what is it doing to our thyroid? And I'm going to bring up thyroid today. So let's turn to that Eastern perspective in which I'm so, have such passion for, and uh, I'd like to share some of those things with you. And as I mentioned, one of the most common imbalance is our dehydration as we lose water. It's not so much an issue for some of us, but it's an issue for those that are built that way. For me, water has always been an issue with hydration as an issue because of the way I'm built and my body type, my individualization. And I'm actually bringing that up in the Food to Focus course that's coming in June. I'm going to talk about finding out our individual biochemistry. How does our metabolism work? And dehydration will come up in that. But let's keep it in mind what I'm talking about here because I want to really get to those seven tips for you. Remember, our body is roughly 75% water and it makes sense that lack of water can lead to many health problems and especially reflecting in our mood. Uh, many people are conscious of drinking more water. And I always, I kind of laugh at it a little bit because we see people walking around with water bottles. I'd like to, you know, a little sarcasm here with our sippy cups we have with us all the time, continually infusing ourselves with water uh, to keep ourselves in, in a hydrated state. When we are really balanced, you don't need to be carrying your water bottle around 24-7. That's the point. If you have that balance, you're able to hold your water so that you can at least get from your car in to do your errands and then come back. You don't need to have your water bottle with you. Or if you're in a lecture, you don't need to have your water bottle right by your seat sucking on water for an hour, two hour lecture when we're in balance. And I understand that. Unless maybe it's 100 degrees, there's no ventilation system and you're suffering and sweating, that's a whole different story. But we've become so attached to our water bottles and we're not really looking at the whole picture here. Why do we need the water to go from one point to another point within an hour? Because in reality, proper hydration does go beyond the consumption of water alone, right down to our organs and glands. And when we look at the kidneys, our adrenals, thyroid, and hydration, we can get a better view. Water is part of the five element theory in Chinese medicine, and it corresponds mostly to the kidney organ system, our kidney meridian. Kidney has a close relationship with other organs, and here's where it becomes connected, especially to our adrenals and thyroid, which is part of the HPA axis. That's our stress axis. When we get under stress, that gets activated, where when we get that response, that perceived threat, that comes into action, and I'm going to talk about that. So of the many functions of the kidney system, you know, it has for fertility, for bone, for hair, for nail health, it goes on and on. It's also mainly responsible for fluid metabolism and mineral balance. So let's keep that in mind. In short, the kidney is responsible for cellular hydration. That's what I'm saying. It directs the flow of water to and from the cells. When this falls, our cells become waterlogged, or we get edema, we call it in medicine, it, or drying up of our tissues, hair, skin, and other organs. Well, that's when we get waterlogged. We call that edema. Otherwise, we get dehydrated.
Additionally, without sufficient water, the body runs into detoxification issues, right? Leading to toxicity, inflammation, and whole host of our health imbalances. You know, a few examples of these problems that arise from chronic dehydration are dry hair, hair loss, and hair problems, but we also see that with thyroid dysfunction, don't we? Skin disorders such as acne, eczema, dryness, hormonal imbalances, joint pain, stiffness, arthritic conditions, sugar imbalances, insulin resistance, even diabetes, our body temperatures are irregular. We even get ringing in the ears when we're not hydrated correctly. We also have blood deficiencies like anemia, headaches, fatigue. Now other conditions result, uh, these are symptoms of other conditions, but I'm referring here to where hydration could be something involved with that. Well, you know, we have, or even fatigue, by the way, we know that when we're fatigued, people have said, you know, have a glass of water. You know, while inadequate water intake is one of the primary causes of dehydration, of course, it's not the only one. And as I mentioned, the kidney, the adrenals, and thyroid, they also help determine our hydration and energy levels. You know, together, they secrete a large amount of the body's hormones. In particular, I'm going to talk about a hormone secreted by the adrenals is aldosterone. Remember, I spoke in previous podcasts that aldosterone is a stress hormone, and it's actually located right above your kidneys. And in the morning, I always do a nice massage just around my kidney area with my hands. And I do circular motions to really support and activate my adrenals and to help them stay in balance. So aldosterone is a stress hormone that actually regulates the water levels and it balances our minerals like sodium in the body. And ultimately, we say cellular hydration depends on the amount of aldosterone that is secreted. So the kidney system, specifically the adrenals, are responsible for handling stress via the secretion of our stress hormones. And we've all said that stress hormones, I mean, the more and more we hear about it, I mean, 70 to 80% of doctor's visits, even 90% are related to stress hormones being secreted in a chronic state where we become ill. You know, when stress is chronic, the adrenals produce excessive amounts of hormones. When your body is chronically stressed, the adrenals overproduce actually aldosterone, causing an excess of sodium to circulate in your system. And once aldosterone levels fall back to normal, the sodium then leaves your bloodstream. And as the excess sodium passes through the kidneys, what happens? It leaves the body via the urine and it takes excess water with it leading to dehydration. So do you ever wonder sometimes why you're drinking so much water, especially if you tend to be in a state of constant stress, which I would say probably all of us are on some level if you're attached to your cell phone. You know, it just happens that way and it leads to dehydration. In this way, chronic stress Fear especially can lead to dehydration. You're worried about your job, your children, your loved ones, your own life. You might have be, uh, I just had, you know, I have friends that call me or even clients, you know, they get, you get diagnosed with something, all of a sudden no one's there to help you or even talk to you. And this fear comes in and that causes dehydration right there. Fear is a very deep, it's very deep rooted. And as I have always mentioned, the fear of death is the greatest fear that all living organisms experience, not just humans. So far, you know, for many people who still drink enough water, but are highly stressed, this is what I'm getting at, they'll remain dehydrated. And it seems that stress is the root cause of most disease states. And what is stress? 
We learn this in all the meditation classes that I teach and resilience even. It's a perceived threat. People want resilience, but resilience is we're bouncing back from a perceived threat. Perception is pretty big here. So as we train our mind and we need to train the mind because the mind is the essence of your life. And when we train our mind to focus, focus on what is and what versus what is not, it helps us change our perception. So that threat to our safety is no longer a threat to our safety because what's perceived as stressful for one person we already know is not the same for another person. What appears as a stress for one person is not necessarily a stress for another person. For example, someone may be stressed because they're going to be late for a yoga class and another person is stressed because they don't have money for food to go on the table. That's quite a difference in perception of what a threat is. So as we develop our mind and train our mind through the practices of meditation, through relaxation, we learn those perceptions will change. So we must train our mind to learn to focus on what really is and what is really a threat and what really isn't a threat. And then the stress eventually doesn't exist and we don't have the health, the health problems that come along with being under the state of stress. So let's turn to seven traditional Chinese medicine tips for staying hydrated. Because as we can see, optimal hydration is a bit more complex than just drinking enough water. You are all unique with different ways to responding to stress with your unique biology. With that in mind, a holistic approach of hydration is best. And these are the few tips that I came up with. Hydrate first thing in the morning. Drinking the bulk of your daily water in the morning is best for a few reasons. Upon arising, having warm water with some lemon and electrolytes really helps because the body needs to be rehydrated after being overnight because overnight it really helps detox. Remember, I speak about the overnight fast, the overnight relaxation as detoxing the things that the toxins that may have been come during the day. So we need to flush them out. It's best to consume water on an empty stomach and it's most empty in the, in the morning, uh, essentially. And this will ensure complete hydration and not interfere with the digestion of food. Secondly, as far as time goes, it's generally easier to slowly hydrate with a full liter of water during the first 30 minutes before breakfast than trying to squeeze it in and rush it throughout the day. And having water before eating, keep this in mind, helps hydrate the stomach lining to prepare your body to secrete the hydrochloric acid and the digestive enzymes for proper digestion. People have asked me, do I hydrate during a meal? I would say eat your meal without the hydration, and then you can do a little bit of sipping of water possibly after. And that goes to my second tip, small sips, don't chug because Drinking too much water can dilute your kidney system, also stressing them. So don't chug gallons of water. It leads to poor fluid metabolism. And you do metabolize water, by the way, also. And if you have any food in your stomach, it can, as I mentioned, disrupt the digestion. And that's you know classic in traditional Chinese medicine, as well as Ayurveda, to gradually sip smaller amounts of water throughout the day rather than drinking it all at once. So, you know, you might want to aim at drinking one liter within the first 30 to 60 minutes before walking and then drinking, uh, I'm sorry, I said walking, aim at drinking a first liter of water. So you might want to aim to drink 
your first liter of water within the 30, uh, first 30 to 60 minutes of waking up and slowly drink water throughout the day according to your thirst. Another tip is to handle stress. As we learned, chronic stress throws off fluid and mineral balance, leading to cellular dehydration. And we can utilize adaptogenic herbs like ginseng and ashwagandha to decrease our overstimulation of the adrenals and stress hormones, but that's a topic for another episode. We can also eat some juicy fruit. Juicy fruit helps you bring in fluid, also juicy vegetables, but mostly fruits are juicy and they help bring uh, help and uh, help bring in fluid, but also assist with cellular hydration. Why? Because fruit contains fiber, also minerals and electrolytes that support cellular hydration. The next is support your kidneys because the kidney system rules the fluids. You want them to be in good shape. Handling the stress is major, but you can also utilize kidney tonic herbs that are available and they help what we say, uh, they help calming the yin activity, which will support the health of the kidneys. And I said, I get up and I massage my kidneys in the morning just above and below and the kidney area itself. It also helps with uh, fluids. Limit alcohol. That might seem like a bit obvious to most of us, but it's excessive alcohol does lead to dehydration. And alcohol is generally an anti-metabolic a substance and it interferes with proper fluid metabolism. So decreasing your regular intake of alcohol is a great way to support the health of your kidneys, liver also, and overall health of your cells while eliminating the potential cause of dehydration. And then of course, obvious, drink enough water. If you're applying the previous tips, the only other thing you need to do is drink enough water. With the correct amount of water, well, that depends on many factors, including your weight, your age, if you're female or male, your climate, uh, what's your health condition. But a good rule of thumb is about three liters daily. And it'd be helpful to get your daily water intake before 3 p.m. because that helps avoid those that have to get up and urinate throughout the night and affects your sleeping. That doesn't mean don't drink after 3 p.m., but you wanna be drinking while your body is active. As I always say, do your research. I gave you seven tips. The seven tips are hydrate first thing in the a.m. Take small sips. Don't chug when possible. Handle your stress. Eat juicy fruit. Support your kidneys. Limit your alcohol intake. Drink enough water. And why I say do your research, use your body, yourself as your own laboratory. If you learn to work with that and learn to see what works for you, you become the best physician for yourself. You can take care of yourself that way. See what works for you. That doesn't mean don't use medical care. It just means don't expect everyone to tell you what's exactly going to work for you. Do your own research. And as I mentioned last week in the episode on hydration, if you like these podcasts, please share it. Go to the YouTube podcast with Susan Taylor and just share it with your friends, your family, anybody that could utilize this information that's out there. It's really about passing it on if you like it so that others can benefit that may not be able to find it. 
Also, I mentioned coming in June, there's a new webinar series I'm doing, Food to Focus, where I'll be discussing more nourishing principles using both the integration of Western and Eastern models of medicine and nutrition. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode, and the Susan Taylor podcast does come out every week, and it's available on susantaylor.org, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. And visit susantaylor.org for more information or to contact us with any questions, comments, or feedback. And if you'd like to get involved even more, you can join the Healing Force Facebook group on susantaylor.org forward slash Facebook. And again, thank you everyone for listening and thank you for your support in the community. And until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment.